You're listening to a podcast from 702. But for now, though, we're chatting to Nikki Bush. And this afternoon, we're talking to Nikki, who's a human potential and parenting expert, about how women can continue to... Uh, uh, to she, she contends that we can either choose to hold on to a victim mentality or we can allow ourselves to be uh, cast differently and approach gender inequality in a different way. Good afternoon, Nikki. Um, thank you so much for joining us today for our usual conversation on surviving COVID-19. Thank you. Thank you, Azza. Now, you've written quite a piece, um, quite a blog post, because this time of year, I'm also familiar with this, that it's a time of year where we get to address different audiences. You know, we address all sorts of audiences, whether in a speaking capacity, an emceeing capacity, but issues that pertain to women are always forefront at this time. And gender inequality is receiving a global focus at the moment, and even here in South Africa as well. And so um, you say that sometimes as women, we need to let go rather than cling on when it comes to issues in equality. What do you believe women need to let go of? There are a number of things, I think, as that keep us trapped in a mindset, a victim mindset that we're the underdog. Um, And, and I'm not saying we mustn't fight for, for, for more equity. We have to keep fighting for more equity. But I think that often we keep looking and searching outside ourselves for that validation. And very often we're looking to men for validation. Why do we not look at ourselves for internal validation? Have we actually asked ourselves that question? We become very, very dependent on the external world to tell us that we're okay. Shouldn't we get to a point where we go, I'm okay, I know I'm okay, and needing to have all the answers, you know, I think we get very trapped in having to have all the answers and having to hold on to what we think the the right picture looks like from the outside, that we forget that actually we have to live inside ourselves. Mm-hmm. And is how is that almost this cage of the perception we think we should be striving for, is it comfortable? Is it who we are? And I'm talking to women as individuals here. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to really sit sometimes quietly, and I think this is where women really don't get a break because we are wives, mothers, partners, lovers, spouses, etc. And when we're not working, we're doing those things as well. Is how often do we actually just sit alone, taking time off, alone to do nothing and to be with nobody. And there's that that um, concept of if we're not being seen and if we're not busy, then maybe we don't exist. There's that Achilles heel in a woman that if we're not being needed, if we don't feel needed, then we feel might, like we might be very extraneous to the world. So it's a combination of our biology that drives us, you know, that lioness that, um, you know, who looks after all the cubs and needs to be needed by the tribe. Um, and sometimes just giving ourselves a little bit of time and space to step back, then we might actually think about the fact that we may be part of the problem ourselves. I think there's a lot of 
finger pointing, like the world must fix this, but what are we as individuals doing to resolve this for ourselves? If we keep thinking that we are victims and if we keep allowing people to cast us as victims, then we will buy into being a victim. Is, are you finding much of the conversation is framed in this way by women and in these fora? Yes. So in, in all the forums that I've been running and uh, the coaching sessions I've been running, it's really quite a surprise for women to think that they could let themselves off the hook, that they're actually imprisoned a lot of the time by their own thinking about themselves. And it can be Big and small things. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, when I talk about that we don't celebrate our successes big or small, gee, that's like I've poured cold water over everyone. They, they jump up and down and they go, you're so right. Mm-hmm. We're so busy fighting for our place in the sun, for airtime, that when something good happens, we almost barely notice it. So the good is overshadowed by all the shouting and screaming about what's not right. And we really need to, to acknowledge what is going right for us. And, and I think some of it is also about thinking about the patterning that's gone on in our lives, how we were brought up, how our parents were brought up. You know, all of that is instilled in our DNA, that patterning. Um, so, so we have to be very aware of our past. And sometimes we have to choose which parts of our past we want to let go, uh, let go of. And, and that can be a challenging conversation. Sometimes that means going to a, a psychologist or a counselor or a coach or a psychotherapist or whatever and, and working through our issues. Where do our issues come from? Where do, where does the Achilles heel come from? Where do those wounds come from? Are they ours? Were they our mothers or our mothers before our mothers? Um, and to start unraveling our history is a really interesting place to start. And that impacts on, of course, how we will raise our next generation of girl children based on that patterning. So it's a very good conversation to have. Mm, um, so, you know, the, the, when it comes to gender inequality, it's, and, and I hear you about letting go of a victim mentality. I was reading your blog where you say that both sides have contributed to this, um, and that it shouldn't be about, uh, uh, vilifying men, for instance, or solely placing the blame on men. Mm-hmm. But we have to mm-hmm. acknowledge, we have to acknowledge that women are coming from a, a disadvantaged position, especially when it yes. comes to uh, uh, our society, when it comes to earning, when it comes to opportunities, to the workplace, mm-hmm. and so on. So I'm also curious about the things that you're saying we need to claim, the things that we need to then uh, um, uh, lean on, as you were saying, that there's certain victories or certain wins that we don't speak up enough about. Mm, absolutely. So I think a lot of this boils down to how we communicate uh, with ourselves internally, as well as how we communicate our needs and what we think is fair Um and being able to have those clear conversations with our female counterparts and as well as with our male counterparts in a way that doesn't necessarily pit us against each other. Because I think often the conversations are, as you would have seen, power over each other 
versus how can we all win here? How can, how can we pull our power together? How can we stand alongside each other and, and pull together? And I think often it's, it's the way, um, we talk to each other. And even in marriages, there's a lot of manipulative conversation because women inherently are actually very powerful beings. And we actually inherently a lot more ruthless than men inherently. And so there's this, this unspoken stuff where men are actually quite scared of women, but women also in their heads have decided they're quite scared of men. So you can see nobody's going to win here. Um, it's actually a lose-lose. It's not a win-win situation. And we need to be sitting down and, and asking each other, how is this serving us? You know, how is this serving us? Are we all getting ahead here? Or is one of us being held down so the other one can climb climb over or climb on top? But I feel as if um, we have to overcorrect. We have to certainly overcorrect. And then things will yes. swing back to a more balanced or to the middle, you know. But we do have to I agree with you. I, I th- and I think that happens with all major movements of change. There is always an overcorrection before we find that before the pendulum starts sort of swinging in the middle. Mm. Because somebody, of course, has to kickstart the change. Mm. And and of course, it's it's women in this situation where we're kickstarting the change. But I am very interested, and you will have noticed this too, that you know all our audiences during Women's Day are female only. Yeah, predominantly. And predominantly, and the men are are generally not invited. And I remember last year when I was um, speaking at a number of Women's Day events, men would pop their heads in and say, "Why are we not part of this conversation?" If we don't know what you want, if we don't hear the conversations, how can we make the changes that we need to make to help the cause? And I thought that was a really strong statement coming out. So we do need to also have circles of conversation that do include men, because if they're only seeing us in uh, on, on public platforms in the media, you know, claiming what's ours, but not actually speaking to them about it, we're not going to see the change at, at, at ground level. I'll tell and you ground my concern, Nikki, I'll tell you my concern, because so often the message has been women need to fix themselves um, mm. or need to then adapt, whereas women are saying, no, you need to accommodate and create a world that is equitable, that also recognizes my place in it. And so... Um, that I think is what many have found to be problematic in, 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 uh, the reluctance to participate or in the absence. And yes, there does, it needs to be a, con- uh, an inclusive conversation. Um, but so often the message has been, you fix yourself. You need to, to, uh, um, present in the workplace this way, more like a mm. man, not, Mm. The space is not conducive to you presenting as a woman, but the strat- the idea is you need to present more like a man. So fix yourself mm. to, pr- to present mm. in this way for you to win at this thing. And that in itself, I think, is something we need to reject. Hence the agitation for environments to change for them to be able to accommodate women. Yes, just as we need environments to change to accommodate mothers and parents. Yeah. You know, that's a very, very important thing. It's going to be part of our lives. And I listened to to some of your women at work uh, conversations that you've been having. Oh, yes. And so there is, you mentioned two words, which I think are important. The one is accommodation, that we have to accommodate 
for women and we have to accommodate for women's issues. But I don't think that absolves women from having to make adaptations themselves. And I think that's probably Mm -hmm. the message that I have is that it is a dance between the accommodations and between the adaptations. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when I ask my audiences, do you want to be rescued or do you want to be supported Mm. as women? And it's unanimous. We want to be supported. And yet a lot of the public messaging is more around um, victims and being rescued. So I think our own narrative mm-hmm. and the words we use in conversations are very, very important. Um, that, you know, we don't keep perpetuating and clinging to, you know, that pattern of victim, uh, of being, being a victim that we, if we start choosing not to be victims, and we start um, requesting accommodation in order to be able to do our jobs better, in order to live more fulfilled lives. Um, you know, that's that's the thing. We need to start saying, how does this feel for us right now? Um, it doesn't feel good to be trying to be a man, in a, in, you know, to be more like a man. Mm-hmm. And that We bring so much to the table as women. In fact, we bring so much to the table as women and mothers. Yeah, I often think that being a mother um, can qualify you to run a corporation <laughs> because yeah. there is so much um, that one one does to adapt, to grow around. We can't always change what's happening around us. We have to adapt to, we can't put the babies back. We had them. <laughs> We've got to learn to live with with each other. And I think that is the message, is that we have to learn to live with each other. We don't want to live apart from each other. Mm-hmm. We need men and women to live alongside each other, with each other, to bring each other's strengths to the fore. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, sometimes that means we have to be unreasonable to, to create change. We do have to be unreasonable from time to time. You just um, rejecting the, the the victim uh, kind of connotation or tone that can come up yes. um, in these because conversations. Because that can... That can minimize us. I think we underestimate how much that can minimize us, mm-hmm. even in the eyes of the people we are hoping are accommodating us. <laughs> They're looking down on us as victims as opposed to saying she's powerful mm-hmm. and we need her skills and gifts and we need all her talents and we need all that amazing energy she brings to the team. Um, we need that to be celebrated. And I think that that requires that we need to just be very, very careful about the wording that we use around us Mm. because it's very easy to slip into the rescue me. And you see it in marriages, you see it in relationships, and you actually see it at ground level in teenagers. And I've been running teen workshops, and it's brought a lot of this work to the fore, Mm -hmm. especially with young girls, teen girls. Are they actually having direct conversations with their fathers when fathers are in residence, present. Very often, mothers are running interference between their daughters and the, and the fathers. 
Sure. Um, I think we're going to need two sessions to carry on with this one, Nikki. This session was not enough, in fact. Um, you can go on and read that blog that Nikki has penned, just sharing her thoughts around how we need to reinvent, that we need to stop looking or uh, clinging to victimhood around gender equality and reinvent uh, um, this conversation so that it is a co-creation between men and women. Um, one WhatsApp says women are not a, homog- a homogenous group. Race, class, binary, etc. So privilege plays an important role, absolutely, as to where women find themselves in this conversation. And so, yes, one woman who's sitting at the top of this might not experience it the same. One, if you've got a job that you're upwardly mobile, if you're your your career person, and so on, versus someone who is in um, a working class sort of um, uh, level. And then another one says, most of us ascribe our self worth to the approval of others. We all look for external validation. Social media encourages unhealthy comparisons of ourselves to others. Um, you will very often find that women actually rely more on other women, not men, for validation. It's a fine balance to get it right, to not reply completely, uh, rely completely on outside approval for your sense of self-worth.